Welcome to season two of the Simplify and Multiply show. And in this season, we're going to be dealing with fears and unknowns in business. And this first episode is all about what fear is and how it stops success. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. In the trailer for season two of the Simplify and Multiply show, I shared a little bit about why I chose to focus on this topic for an entire season. It's a killer in business success, but especially for solopreneurs. Throughout this season, I'm going to be interviewing fellow solos about how they face down fears and unknowns in their business, as well as sharing my own secrets for not letting fear run the show. This show is my baby, and I promised myself I would be as Brene Brown vulnerable as I could be because I know there are listeners in this audience who are dealing with similar challenges that I am or that I have experienced in my early years running my business. And this is one. I still deal with fears and unknowns in my business even now. Just this past week, I had a bit of a panic attack when I let my thinking go down that tunnel with no cheese, which is my expression for thinking things that totally don't serve what I'm about or where I want to go in my life. Now, it was related to a thought that I had, which was fear-based, and it was centered around an idea that a rather large client I've had for a number of years would go away at some point in the future. It was accompanied by the desperate thoughts of, oh my God, what am I going to do when that happens? And just having these awful scenarios (laughs) run through my mind. And it was like I was facing imminent death. My stomach got upset, I felt anxiety rise, and it nearly went into a full-blown panic. It was worry. It was anxiousness about an unknown, and it was especially triggered by my conditioned terror around loss. And it was all in my freaking head. Now, I have had a lot of loss in my personal life, dramatic, life-altering loss, of my mom at six, followed by a compressed series of loss with my dad, my sister, Jane, and my husband, Chuck, all within a three-year span, and then my brother, Richard, a number of years after that. And what those experiences did to my brain and my heart is that they have conditioned me to go into survival mode when the threat of any kind of loss shows up. And I've unconsciously and consciously designed my life in such a way to protect myself from these types of threats, or really, the thought of any threat of loss. And in nearly every case, there is little to no evidence that it will even ever happen. So, but because my brain has been conditioned by these past experiences, it now has a, you know, like a propensity to immediately respond in a negative way and kicks my survival instincts and just, they just take over. 
Now, if any of you believe in attraction, you know that if you're focused on a worry or a specific outcome you don't want, eventually it or something that delivers a similar emotional trigger will show up in your experience. Now, I'll give you an example, and this actually happened to me last year. So my very largest client, who I had been doing work with for nearly 10 years, just out of the blue decided to stop working with me. And the way it all went down was a total shock to me. Honestly, it really was, which might have been why I started having this freak out about the other one I just told you about, because it's like, here I am reinforcing that whole loss thing, right? It was kind of weird how it all came down. But about a year ago, you know, leading up to that, I'd been experiencing a growing anxiety around that particular account and losing it partly because getting paid for the work I'd completed was becoming increasingly difficult. And they were on average, you know, like six to eight months late with their invoices. And it was hurting my business, as you can imagine, because they were my biggest client and demanded a lot of work on a pretty regular basis. I was spending a lot of time chasing the invoices and trying to get them paid. And, you know, if you guys are dealing with that with your clients, you know what I'm talking about. It's such a pain in the butt. Now, this struggle went on for over a year and the anxiety around the account continued to build, instead of ending it on my terms or approaching it differently, I totally stressed out and I feared that they'd stop working with me altogether. It's like, well, you know, I must be doing something wrong if they're not paying their bills on time. It's like I kept making all these stories up around trying to understand and make sense of what was going on. And the irony was that they weren't paying me anyway. (laughs) You know, it's like they weren't paying me anyways. It was kind of like I was working for free. And when I would worry about losing the account, which was based on nothing other than my insecurities and fears of that happening, I'd laugh and say, well, I'm not getting paid now. I'm still doing fine. So why worry about it? You know, I try to talk myself out of it. It was funny, you know, in a way. And at least I was able to temporarily assuage my fears, you know, calm myself down and my unknowns related to losing the account. But once I let go of the idea that I would be a hot mess and my business would like totally fold if I lost them, which by the way is is complete BS because I never put all my eggs in one basket, a lesson I learned long ago working at an ad agency that folded because they lost their big IBM like anchor account and they had to close their doors as a result. Anyway, I was able to function, you know, and it was as if I put my I put it out of my mind, I let it go, and I made a conscious effort to stop worrying about it. But here's the thing, the worry was still percolating in my subconscious because it was connected to, you know, the the triggers that were deep-seated conditioning from past loss. And I'd done so much hand-wringing and vocalizing about them, you know, complaining, whining about how they didn't pay, blah, 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 that a few months later, they pulled the plug and said they wanted to stop having me do the work I was doing for them, and they just wanted to bring it in-house. Now, now that's understandable, right? So many businesses make knee-jerk decisions around outsourcing, but it was so abrupt, and I wasn't prepared for it. And the good news is that I was able to get you know, I was able to get them to finally pay all of their invoices, which was good. And the balance got got them back to a balance of zero, and we parted friends. But get this, they were so ill-prepared to do the work I'd been doing for them that they recently reached out to me with a really large project, which I happily did. I also contacted the owner of the company, and I made peace, and that was important to me. There was a bit of a misunderstanding between us that I wanted to clarify, and they were grateful I did. So we're in really good situation right now. Today, I'm in good standing with them, and they may use me moving forward and stated as much. However, 
in a different capacity. And you know, that's good for me. It gives me a healthy dose of reality when it comes to running a business and depending on anchor accounts. You can't control what your clients are going to do regarding working with you at any given time. You could be doing an amazing job for them, getting them dynamite results and over-delivering top to bottom. But sometimes clients will make decisions they feel is in the best interest of their company and it impacts your relationship with them in a way that's not in your control. And that's business and that's people. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Season two of the Simplify and Multiply show is all about dealing with fears and unknowns in business. And no one knows the reality of staring fear in the face better than a solopreneur. That's why I created a community where solos could gather in a judgment-free safe space that is overflowing with people who are facing similar challenges unique to a solopreneur. We all need to support one another and I can't think of a more positive environment than that of solo professionals growing their businesses. This is why I created the Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. If you are a solo, no matter where you are in your business, starting out or leveling up, I invite you to join us in the Peer Club for the support, the community, and the inspiration solo professionals need to thrive. Visit simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up to be part of this very special group. This is another reason why you should have as diverse and broad a list of clients and engagements that at any given time. Like that example I gave about the ad agency I worked at and it folded. They were sucking off a big fat teat for way too long and did not have a balanced portfolio of clients to offset any attrition. So when that ad agency um, client chose a different agency to work with, which by the way happens often in the agency world, especially when a client feels their agency isn't delivering fresh creative, and the entire agency scrambled to find new work. I mean, we had we had like production people that were like, <laughs> you know, doing sales calls. It was ridiculous. But because you just can't flip on new accounts in the hundreds of thousands of dollars overnight, the agency ended up closing. And I learned back then in the mid-90s that I would never have one account that had so much ability to impact my business in a negative way. And to this day, I prefer having a diverse array of clients, and I keep my pipeline flowing with leads and relationships, so I reduce the risk to my business. It's a good strategy for any solopreneur or any business owner, and it's no different than having a diverse investment portfolio. If one area of your portfolio has a bad year with negative returns, you've got other investments to carry the burden. So as you can see by these examples, fear can stop success because it stops us. And it all begins in the mind, which is why mindset is so critical. Being able to direct your thoughts in such a way that forwards your goals and vision for where you want to be is always more profitable than not. And when I say profitable, I don't just mean financially. I mean mentally, physically, and emotionally as well. Fear can be paralyzing. It can make us play small. It can keep us from taking risks and living large. It can also keep us from being courageous and in full service of others. It also affects our integrity, our language, and our choices. When we live life where fear has a seat next to us, we have to work harder to keep it from whispering in our ears. I'd like to give fear the heave-ho and not have it in my life at all. However, it is hardwired into our DNA. 
It's all driven by evolution and our brain's prime directive to keep us alive. But the cool thing about that is we are conscious enough to know that. And so we get to take charge of our knee-jerk thoughts and be more deliberate. Yes, it does take practice and diligence, but you can become utterly powerful by going where it's uncomfortable and not letting fear whisper or yell (laughs) in your ear. Just say, thank you for sharing. I know you're just trying to protect me and I appreciate that you do but I know this will work out and I have the tools and resources to survive and avoid the tiger in the bushes. It's okay to have fun with it once you get control of the wheel and stop listening to the fear whispers. There are many exercises you can do and I'll be talking about a lot of them in this season, as well as my six wonderful solopreneur guests who are sharing how they deal with fears and unknowns in business. I hope you enjoy this particular season and know that it's okay to be scared about the things you face running your own business. And by the way, people have fears who have J-O-B too, you know, so if you've got the job, you're going to have fears as well. So it's like the constant fear of being laid off or outsourced like I was for Marriott back in 2006. But the great thing that happened as a result of that is that it made me start my business. And frankly, if it wasn't for that layoff, I may have never started Better 3. So in a way, what I thought was the most terrifying thing at the time ended up being the push off the cliff I needed. And what I didn't know at the time it was happening was that I had a secret parachute. And that parachute was my desire to be on my own, build a business, and provide great service to people who needed my expertise. It's been 13 years now, and I know for a fact that I want to do this for the rest of my life. Know what fear is and how it can stop success. Know that you have all you need, and if you don't, you can find the resources to fill the gaps to succeed. What will stop you is you, nothing else. Fear is always the root cause of inaction, of stepping back, of using excuses not to take bold steps in your business and your life. Identify it for what it is and when it happens. Know the physiological responses that are associated with fearful thinking. Grab that fear and just shift those thoughts to positive thoughts. The more conscious you become, the more in control you become. The more deliberate you are at counseling yourself when fear strikes, the more you'll train yourself to not go down that tunnel with no cheese. (laughs) It's okay to play it safe. It's okay to stay in your lane. But how boring is that? What kind of life do you really think you could live if you gave yourself permission to color outside the lines? Okay, enough analogies. (laughs) What I really want to leave you with is that you can get more control over your fearful tendencies so you can be more empowered in your work and do the things your business needs to grow and succeed. Business is pretty basic. We overcomplicate it with fear-based thinking. The most successful people in the world don't let fear run their business. They have total mastery over their mental direction and take massive action to achieve the goals they most want to achieve. Fear is a physiological response to a perceived or imagined threat. Your brain doesn't know the difference whether it's an imagined threat or if it's really a big tiger in the bushes ready to pounce on your head. So feed your brain things that will eliminate the fear response. 
when you have a worry, intentionally shift that thought to a thought that serves you and watch the physiological response diminish. Write if it helps. Talk to a friend if it helps. Retrain your brain to focus on positivity, success, things working out, and possibility. The more you do, the less that fear voice will whisper in your ear and you can get back on track to building a profitable and fun business you love. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.